Hey, what's up everybody? Welcome to the podcast. Thanks again for listening. If you haven't seen it, there's a subscribe button um, over on the top right-hand corner. And if you click that, it makes me sleep better at night. Kidding. Um, thanks for listening. Today we're going to talk about love. Man, I'm excited. This is a, uh, an important subject because the Bible says God is love. It says love fulfills the whole law. Love is the commandment, and faith works by love. So if you come to God, uh, this becomes an important one. Um, there's obviously a lot of scriptures that we could go to, but I guess for me, the, the, uh, the idea for this was just to get an understanding. You know, you hear words a lot, especially if you've been raised in church. There's words like grace, mercy, love, faith, and people really have a lot of times, unless you dig deep, a misunderstanding of what words mean. And then uh, obviously you get the idea of what culture brings into it and, you know, what culture says love is. And so you have this mix match of like these ideas of what we, what we think something means and then what they really mean. So we're going to talk a little bit today about these things. For me, I, I love definitions. I like good definitions. For me, um, from a Bible perspective, love simply means laying down your life. Uh, and you could even add to that in saying love is, um, uh, love is laying down your life, even if it, even at your own expense. And so when you decide to love, um, if you're taking notes, there's a couple things here that we're going to talk about, but um, uh, love is a choice. It's a decision that you make. Um, people, uh, people say, you know, I'm just not really a, a loving person, but love is developed. It's like a muscle. It's something God gives you. We, we talked a few um, uh, sessions back or episodes back about dangerous prayers. Um, and one of them I talked about was like compassion, like, Lord, help. I want more compassion in my heart for people. Make me a more compassionate person. But the first way that compassion, um, which is a form of love, but the first way love is actually built is just by uh, having difficult people show up in your life. We talked to someone the other day and, and we said, hey, what's been the, the best benefit of coming to Bible school? And he said, man, my, um, or internship, he said, man, my love walk has developed. I was put in a lot of positions with people who were grumpy, people who were mean, people who were um, short-tempered. And it, I realized there were things in me that wanted to just like lash out at them, but it gave me an opportunity to develop that love walk. So People always look at it like, man, I wish there was just like a, a button I could switch and just love everybody all the time. And and really, the and, and I, I'm, I say this a lot, but the anointing becomes such a key to our life. But when you, when you get into the presence of God and you have an encounter with God, God can deposit something on the inside of you that'll make it so much easier. The anointing is like the um, the lubricant to our heart, right? It makes things go easier. I, I, you see people, I mean, we've had it where we've been preaching and, and a kid comes into a meeting. I remember this um, this one child came in and, and he was talking to his mom and he, he the Lord had touched him and he's laughing, filled with joy. And he looks over his mom, she told us later, and he says, uh, mom, I just, I just love everybody. I just want to hug everybody. And then he looks at his mom and says, Mom, I just love you, and I just want to say I'm sorry if I've ever done anything to make your life hard. <laughs> and that's what that's what the love of God will do. When we receive from God's love, it actually changes us, and it makes it easier. That's why it's not really fair. I mean, if you just make a decision, and I'm going to stay, pl- you'll, you'll suffer persecutions of being a Christian, but your heart, like lo- love is what is who God is. So when you 
make a decision to spend time in the presence of God, to, to be a person who pursues and gets hungry, hungry for the things of God and go places where the power of God is being poured out, you'll make these things a lot easier. It's the WD-40 to your joints, you know, of, uh, of your love walk. Um, but love, first of all, is a decision. Uh, a couple things that love is not. Love, first of all, is not a feeling. You know, before I got married, I, I, uh, and obviously we're all still growing here, but I, uh, before I got married, I didn't really understand what it was. I'd under, I'd, when I was dating Krista, I understood the feelings that went along of being in love, right? Those like excited feelings and these, man, that, that, that emo, those emotions will like play tricks on you. You know, I joke around and I say, you know, when you're dating somebody, you're like so excited, especially if you're heading for marriage and you're like, man, I would drive three hours four hours to go see her for 30 minutes, to spend 30 minutes, you know, do crazy things. But that's a feeling that goes in, goes along with falling in love. And, the, and love can have a feeling attached to it, but love is not a feeling. I remember going through this line, um, the cost, I was at Costco, and it was coming up to Valentine's Day, and people were buying flowers, and uh, the lady who was, like, um, checking, uh, ringing up the groceries, uh, there was, a, I guess, was having a conversation with the person who was bagging the groceries or whatever it was. And I heard her say, yeah, you know, we got divorced after um, 14 years. Yeah, we just fell out of love. Yeah, we just, you know, we just fell out of love. I mean, that's such a, a, a weird perspective for me. If you, if you understand like what love is, and we're going to talk about the character six of love in a second, but like people don't fall out of love. They fall out of feelings. There's an expectation for people that love at all times carries this feeling of affection, this feeling of like, um, being, uh, oh, raptured in love. That is a part of falling in love, but it's not what love is. It's not that feeling. If those feelings go away, that doesn't mean love has come to an end because love is a decision and it's a decision to put someone else's needs in front of your own. It's a decision to do something for the good of somebody else. So for me, now that I'm married, been married for about two and a half years coming up, um, love isn't a feeling of falling in love. I still very, very much love my wife. And there's times where, you know, uh, there's certain, there's a, um, you can have those feelings of like, man, you're just, you're amazing. Like I just have these strong feelings of affection towards, um, my wife, but love is a decision that I made on December 3rd, 2016 to not leave. And so when God says God is love, that goes to show us what actual love is, not what our society tells us love is, not what anyone else says, but what the Bible says. So if God is love, we can look at the characteristics of God. So you can even, um, one of the things that I do is I look at what, what God, um, who God is represented by his names. So the Jehovah names, right? So Jesus, Jehovah Jireh. So love provides. As a husband, part of my job is to provide. As a wife, part of my wife's job is to provide uh, provide, not financially for me, but provide for me, to provide comfort for me, to provide respect for me. Like there's a provision part of love is. A love that doesn't give isn't love. The Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave. Love is generous. Love has a provision to it, right? As a husband, I'm the one who's responsible financially for my wife. And in the future, when we have our 14 children, I'm the one who's financially responsible for them too. But that's part of love. And that's why abortion is so anti-love because it says, Hey, uh, I, I recognize that you're a human, but um, I don't want you. It's, it's such, a, uh, such a terrible thing for society and for a family and for a mother and for a home and for the father and for everybody involved. But first of all, love, 
um, provides. Secondly, uh, uh, the Bible says that um, uh, he's Jehovah Shammah, which means he's always there. Love never leaves. That, for me, I, I, be, I believe to be one of the most, if not the most important part of love, is that love doesn't leave. Jesus said, Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the earth. If God wouldn't have sent the Holy Spirit to come and live in our hearts, he couldn't have actually said that he loved us. He sent Jesus to come and die for us. When Jesus left, he said, it's good that I go away because now I'll come and be, uh, I was, you know, he, he was with you. Now he'll be in you. Love has a characteristic that it doesn't leave. And that goes to show you that a lot of what the what society calls love is actually not. When you look at like how people are so easily say it, you know, in a relationship for three weeks, oh, I love you. I love you. But if you are really, if you're, if you're saying truly what love is, every time you say, I love you, this is what you're saying. I make a decision to put your needs above my own and I'll ne- and my love will never stop because a love that stops was is not love. A love that quits is not true love. Love can get tested, but a love that walks away is not true love. Oh, I love you. And then 6 weeks later, now nah, we broke up, we're not together. Now, obviously there's times where you can like love somebody and you can realize, "Hey, this is not the right relationship for either of us, so the right thing isn't just to move ahead and get married." But love doesn't, doesn't quit on somebody. Love doesn't leave. Love doesn't, uh, uh, I, I wrote a spoken word once that says, love doesn't flirt, doesn't talk amorously with no real intentions. You know, God, God is love, and part of that is that he would never leave. What good is it to have a provider, Jehovah Jireh? What good is it to have Jehovah, um, uh, Jehovah uh, Nisi, our banner of victory, Jehovah Shalom, our peace, Jehovah Sitkanu, our righteousness, Jehovah Mekidishkem, our sanctifier? What good is it to have all these awesome things if love could just leave? You know, I, this is something that in the last few weeks has become real, real, very real to me. But I ask myself, man, you know how I know God loves me? He's, he's never rejected me when I came to him in prayer. There's not one day that's, there's not one day that's come that I've come to God in prayer. And in coming to him, he said, you know, I'm not listening to your prayers today, or I'm not answering your prayers today. Every day that I come to him, I've been able to come and he's had open arms for me. That's why that was the whole purpose of what he did was he sent Jesus so we can have that relationship. But there's people, people change on you. You know, friends who just like all of a sudden change their mind. You know, someone who's people who've gone through breakups. Yeah, I mean, we were going along and everything was fine and then everything wasn't fine. They had changed their mind. Love doesn't change its mind. Love is a choice. A um, couple things I wrote down here, uh, uh, love fulfills the whole law. Uh, obviously, God is love. I wrote down characteristics of love. Love is, puts the best interest of others. That doesn't mean necessarily that love actually will put the, the, the wants of others first. If it's something simple like, hey, we're, we're going to go out to eat, and I say to my wife, where would you like to go? And I'm really in the mood for barbecue, and she's really in the mood for Thai food. You know, I can put her want first and that shows her that I love her because I'm preferring her, right? Love prefers her. But love does what's in the best interest for somebody else. So me, when we have children, love is going to be the thing that says we're going to feed our children healthy food because we love them. They're not going to necessarily want healthy food. They're not going to maybe want to eat their vegetables all the time. You know what? I I say that backwards. My children are going to love their vegetables. They're going to be like, dad, let me get more broccoli. Can I get some cauliflower? Let me get some asparagus and some okra. I don't know why my children are are eating so, why they have a a Southern accent, but they, they do. Um, But we, uh, uh, but my love for my children 
will, will be the thing that says, you know what, they may not like it, they may not want it, but I'm not going to let them have candy every day, right? I'm not going to let them do whatever they want. I'm going to discipline them. One of the ways that we know that God loves us is that he disciplines us. That's in the Bible. You know, discipline shows you that God loves you. What type of parent doesn't discipline their child? You can just do whatever you want. That's setting the child up for for ruin. The Bible says, spare the rod and spoil the child. If you want your child to not go, if you want his life to not go well, then then hold back spankings, hold back discipline. You know, oh, he's had a traumatic beginning part of his life. We didn't spank him because, you know, things were difficult. Man, my dad left when I was, my dad died when I was three, right? My mom still spanked us. She spanked us a lot. And by the time I was eight, all the spankings, she had got them all in because we didn't need them. We were disciplined at that point. I mean, there was still other discipline. We would do things wrong in our teenage years and we couldn't play video games for a whole weekend. But Discipline is a part of love. Discipline is hard, man. Some parents are just like, it's too difficult. You know, husband and wife who, who you know, I'm not going to want wives who just refuse to discipline their children. Just wait till your father gets home because they don't want to be the bad guy. You know, being a parent, part of that is deciding, you know what, I'm going to be, the, I'm gonna be uh, a man or woman enough to discipline this child that I brought into the world. It was just Mother's Day, and I wrote a letter a, no, a letter to my mom, and I said, Mom, you know, you did things when we were kids. You made us do things that we didn't like, the difficult things, but thank you for doing them, right? Like, so my mom was disciplined. Even things like every morning we would drink fresh carrot juice, and we hated it. My mom bought this juicer. I love fresh carrot juice now, but as kids, like, we hated it. She would put parsley and carrots, these huge carrots, she would juice them, right? And she made us drink this, and we would like hold our nose and drink it, and it was horrible. And the one day we were like, Mom, enough is enough. Let us just eat this carrot. And this carrot's like, this carrot's like huge. It's over a foot long, right? This giant juicing carrot. She's like, all right, so here's your carrot. 45 minutes later, we're still chewing on this thing. My jaw feels like it's going to fall off. We, we took the juice the next day. But that was something she did because she said, I want to invest, invest in these kids' health. My mom used to make us do something, and my brother hated it. My brother and I both hated it. When we would get into an argument um, between my brother and I, this was later years. She wasn't spanking us anymore, but she would make us hug and kiss each other on the cheek to make up for 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 getting in an argument and we hated it it like if anything was going to stop us you know don't get in an argument with me i don't want to have to kiss you again on the cheek she would make us like hug two brothers like trying to be like you know we're we're trying to be young adults here 11 and 13 years old and your mom's like hug your brother kiss your brother oh boy but my mom did that because she wanted peace in the home and she saw hey if i leave these attitudes unchecked these kids are going to this is something that they're going to have to figure out later on. A lot of times the military becomes the choice for people. I've talked to people in the military and they're like, you have two types of people in the military. You have the upstanding citizens, the ones who've been raised in military families, who've been raised well. And then you have the kids who are there because they're such terrible kids. Like you have both sides. And so sometimes I heard uh, Pastor Adonica say, what you don't deal with, what parents don't deal with in their children, children will have to go to the Lord or to the law to deal with something that's a paraphrase, but, but love disciplines children. Love says I'm putting their needs, their needs above my own, even though their needs and their wants may be two different things. Um, God doesn't promote you. You know, there's people out there praying, Lord, I need a wife. Lord, bring my wife, bring my wife. You know what? The Lord loves you too much and your future marriage too much to bring her to you right now. You know, one of the prayers that I prayed, and I talked about this in dangerous prayers, Lord, don't bring my wife until I'm ready. The Lord loved 
Krista too much to bring her into my life too early. So, and I was too immature to handle her. So I was hurting her. He's saying, yeah, yeah. I mean, I wasn't, I, I, that was a prayer that I prayed. And then I just went quiet on the, the marriage front. Lord, bring her at the right time. But a lot of people, you're praying, Lord, bring me my wife. And you're like 21 years old and you're still a jerk to your family. Like the Lord's not going to add to your family if you're a jerk to the rest of your family. Like that's not what love does. God is looking out for you and he's looking out for your wife and he's looking out for your future. He'd rather you wait, learn some patience, learn some humility, and then bring that right person. Don't be in such a rush. There's, there's always time to get married. If you're rushing to get married, unless you're like 40, but if you're rushing to get married, there's actually something wrong. There's actually something wrong. Slow down. Life, you can slow down. Don't be in a hurry. Jesus wasn't in a hurry. Look at that when he was going to, um, when, when uh, Lazarus died. Jesus, come, my brother's sick. And he just takes his time. Three days pass, right? He just takes his time. So don't be in a hurry. Um, so love is a commitment to someone else's good even at your own expense. Love is not weak, first of all. Love is not a feeling. Love is not being passive either. You know, the, the love is actually, can uh, love has anger in it. There's a an, there's an, uh, holy anger, like um, Jesus loved his father. No one could say Jesus didn't love, and he, love sat down on the curb and made whips and turned over the money changers' tables. Man, that's love. Love is strong. Love causes me to hate sin. The Bible says love righteousness. Jesus was anointed with the oil of gladness above his fellows because he loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Part of love is actually hating sin, right? So love isn't this weak, passive thing. Love love has strength to it. Love is strong. No one's going to look at God and be like, he's passive. Uh, Yeah, read the Old Testament, read the New Testament, read Revelation. There's nothing passive about God. His love has chased you down. Um, so what have we learned today? Love forgives, love gives, love uh, lays its life down, um, and love is perfect. Love is not passive. Love is not weak. Love is, uh, love is willing to stick its neck out for what's right. Love is Stephen standing there and being stoned, standing up for the gospel. That's what love does. And know today that God loves you. He wants to develop love in your heart. The one thing that really helped me to understand is love is not in my head. It's just a commitment. It's a, it's a, love is a spiritual thing. It's in my heart. The Bible says the love of God is shed abroad in my heart by the Holy Ghost. And so the love is already there, but you need to yield to it because it's a fruit of the Spirit. There are Christians who have no evidence of their Christianity besides what they do and maybe their Sunday morning. There's no fruit of the Spirit in their life. There's no joy in their life. There's no peace. There's no love. Love is developed by the Lord gives you opportunities. You have family members who are a jerk to you, and then you have an opportunity to talk, you know, talk about them. For me, I, when I was selling alarms, and I'll wrap up with this, when I was selling home security systems, I would like knock on the door and someone would be a total jerk. Love got developed in me then because then I would like walk away and I wanted to, uh, say something under my breath, but I just prayed for them instead. And so it was my commitment that I wasn't going to let whatever bad day they're having, I was going to give them the benefit of the doubt and do it on my part. So um, we could obviously take a lot more time talking about this, but love is not weak. Uh, Love is a decision that you make. When you stand at the altar and you make a commitment, that's not a feeling that comes and goes. That's a decision. I'm not leaving. I'm here for your good. I'm going to be the person where when you say, can you get me something to drink? And you're closer to the kitchen than I am, that I'm still going out of my way to do it because I made a decision to love you. You guys are awesome. Thank you for subscribing. I love your feedback, messages that I'm getting on Instagram and all that. Um, You guys are amazing. We'll see you soon. 